section seven of sikh religion volume five by max arthur macauliffe this librivox recording is in the public domain life of guru gobind singh chapter seven during the absence of the emperor aurangzeb in the south of india whither he had gone to make war on tana shah king of golconda there arose great administrative irregularities at that time mian khan was viceroy of jammu he sent his commander-in-chief alif khan to levy tribute on kripal raja of kangra gasari chand raja of jaswal prithi chand raja of dadwal sukh dev raja of jasrat and others alif khan first addressed himself to raja kripal either pay me suitable tribute or contend with me in arms kripal made him certain presents and then told him that raja bim chand of bilaspur was the greatest of all the allied hill chiefs were he first to pay tribute all the rest would follow his example and then there would be no necessity for warfare if however bim chand were to refuse and elect the alternative of war kripal would still support alif khan raja dayal the chief of bijarwal probably persuaded by raja kripal also promised to meet alif khan's demands alif khan adopted raja kripal's suggestion and proceeded towards bilaspur raja bim chand's capital halting at nadan he sent an envoy to bim chand with the same demand as he had previously made kripal bim chand replied that he would rather defend himself than pay tribute having dispatched this message he called his principal officials to a council of war his prime minister thus advised him if thou desire victory it shall be assured on condition that thou obtain the guru's assistance this advice pleased bim chand and he accordingly sent the prime minister to the guru to request his active support the guru pondered on the proposal and accepted it for the following reasons the friendship between himself and raja bim chand was duly ratified and it would be a shame to him if by his refusal to render assistance his friend were defeated secondly bim chand's prime minister had put himself under the guru's protection as a suppliant and the guru felt that he could not refuse his prayer he accordingly sent raja bim chand the following message i shall be with thee early on the morrow pay no tribute to the turks if thou pay it to-day there will be another demand on thee to-morrow but if thou fight and cause the turks to retreat then shall no one molest thee raja bim chand on receiving this promise made certain of his victory raja kesari chand raja prithi chand and raja sukh dev took their forces to join his and all proceeded to nadan to give battle to alif khan raja kripal and raja dayal's troops these were encamped on an eminence and had therefore superiority of position bim chand ineffectually essayed to take them by surprise but the arrows and bullets which his troops discharged only struck rocks and trees and inflicted no loss on the enemy 
bim chan much disheartened invoked with all fervour hanuman the monkey-god who had assisted ram chandar in his expedition against ceylon and called on his allies to join him in another charge this was met by raja kripal and raja dayal's forces who slew all the men that succeeded in scaling the eminence bim chand had now almost lost all hope when the minister reminded him that the guru's troops had not yet entered the field the guru receiving bim chand's summons mounted his steed and at once proceeded to his assistance bim chand after greeting the guru requested him who was senior as well by virtue of his spiritual rank as by the bravery of his troops to storm the enemy's position the guru and his troops discharged fatal arrows rushed the stockades and created dismay in the ranks of the enemy alif khan raja kripal and raja dayal now thought it time to leave their fastnesses and come forth to confront bim chand and the guru their main attack was directed against bim chand whom they caused to retreat prithi chand endeavoured to restrain bim chand's retreating forces and single-handed with drawn sword set himself to oppose alif khan and dayal's onset so completely did he succeed that alif khan and his allies troops turned to flee raja dayal was enraged at seeing his troops retreating and began to ply his arrows with such fatal effect on his opponents that bim chand's troops again wavered upon this bim chand again addressed himself to the guru o guru seest thou not that this brave man is destroying our army if i am defeated thou shalt have the odium thereof the guru at once turned his steed round and challenged raja dayal if thou mean to strike then deal the first blow say not hereafter that the guru hath struck thee unawares this enraged dayal who at once made a desperate effort to kill the guru the guru seeing this took steady aim with his musket and lodged a bullet in dayal's breast dayal fell like a tree blown down by the wind niraja kripal saw his brave ally fallen he knew that his cause was lost he however put himself in the van and made a desperate effort to retrieve the disaster the guru now in full martial temper incessantly discharged arrows which took deadly effect on the enemy the survivors again fled to their fastnesses upon this alif khan and kripal held a council of war they both accepted the fact that they had been defeated owing to the assistance given bim chand by the guru and they resolved to escape at night in this they succeeded when the allied army next morning found the ground unoccupied they were profuse in their praises and acknowledgments to the guru the guru in order to take rest and enjoy retirement and contemplation remained for eight days after the battle on the pleasant and picturesque banks of the river bias raja kripal proposed a reconciliation with raja bim chand which after some negotiations was duly effected the guru on hearing this was greatly pleased he decided on a speedy return to anandpur and caused his drum to be beaten as the signal for his departure 
his party arrived at alsun on their way the inhabitants having heard of raja bhim chand's secret ill-will to the guru refused to sell his troops supplies on this the guru owing to the necessity of travel was compelled to order that supplies be forcibly taken after payment at current rates when the guru approached anandpur he caused his drum to be beaten the inhabitants on hearing the once familiar sound joyously came forth to receive him the guru's wife jito presented him with a son on the seventh day of the month of chet sambat seventeen forty seven the boy was called zorawar singh or the powerful lion to commemorate the battle of nadan when it became known that the sikhs had taken supplies forcibly at alsun some of the hill chiefs feared that the guru would some day seize their territories also others were of a contrary opinion and remained steadfast in their friendship for him some of the inhabitants of anandpur who wavered in their loyalty left the city lest they might suffer in any attack made on it by the guru's enemies in this movement however they were far from successful branded with infamy they could obtain no place of rest elsewhere and were glad to return and sue for the guru's pardon one dilawar khan who had attained power in the punjab during the insurrections which arose while aurangzeb was employed in the dakhan became jealous of the guru's fame and success and sent his son with a force of one thousand men to exact tribute from him if he refused then anandpur was to be sacked when this was accomplished dilawar's son was to take tribute in a similar manner from all the hill rajas the son hastened to obey the paternal command when he reached the bank of the satluj one of the guru's scouts hastened to give information of the approach of a hostile force the guru was roused from his sleep at night to receive this intelligence and make hasty preparations for defence the guru immediately ordered the drum to be beaten as the signal for his troops to take arms his men fell into line almost immediately and marched to the satluj on their arrival they startled the enemy by peals of artillery and thus gave an exaggerated idea of their numbers dilawar khan's son seeing that his men were suffering from the cold and unable to hold their weapons yielded to the representations of his officers to beat a retreat on their return march they plundered the town of barwa after that they marched to balan where they halted for two days and lived on the plunder of the village they thence returned to dilawar khan the son through shame durst not reply to his father when he censured him for his cowardice and the failure of his expedition dilawar khan had a slave called Hussein, who boasted that if his master gave him an army he would plunder the guru's city anandpur exact tribute from raja bhim chand and return home either with tribute or the heads of the recusant hill chiefs to effect these various objects dilawar khan gave him command of two thousand men with whom he promptly marched to anandpur the guru kept his troops in readiness to oppose the muhammadans meanwhile the latter were plundering the towns and villages through which they marched they also attacked and were victorious over the raja of dadwal 
seeing this and also the strength of husain's army the faithless raja bim chand broke his treaty with the guru and threw in his lot with his enemies bim chand following the example of raja kripal of kangra paid tribute to husain and in company with other traitorous chiefs proceeded with him to sack and destroy anandpur on hearing this the guru's mother diwan nand chand the guru's three surviving cousins and the masands all waited on the guru his mother said the brave husain with a large army will soon be upon us and thou hast not yet prepared for battle my son depute some masand to go and make peace with him the guru replied mother dear be not in haste i am only doing the work which the immortal god assigned me the same immortal god will not allow him whom thou counsellest me to fear to approach me he shall perish before he reacheth anandpur when husain was on his way to anandpur raja gopal of guler sent an envoy to say that he desired to meet him husain replied that he would be glad to see gopal if he gave him a subsidy as raja bim chand and kripal had done raja gopal went with raja ram singh to meet him gopal took some money with him and went and sat in council with bim chand and the other hill chiefs who were in husain's camp husain was not pleased with gopal's contribution and told him to go home and bring as much again gopal set out for the purpose on his homeward way he changed his mind and decided that it would be more profitable to fight with husain than give him more money he accordingly sent a messenger to inform him of his determination when husain received this message he changed his objective from anandpur to guler to do battle with gopal he vowed that he would first destroy gopal's city and then march on anandpur in pursuance of his vow husain proceeded to guler and invested it the citizens were soon reduced to great straits and the army asked permission to force their way out and contend with the mohammedans in the open field raja gopal replied have patience i will at once send an envoy to make peace with husain husain's terms were the payment of ten thousand rupees otherwise he would put gopal and his troops to death and destroy their fortress gopal unable to accept the terms sent an envoy to the guru to pray him to negotiate the desired peace with husain the guru accordingly sent his agent sangatia with an escort of seven troopers and orders to conclude such a peace between the combatants as would be advantageous to gopal sangatia first took counsel with bim chand and kripal bim chand said o sikh we have been waiting for thee we advise thee to send for raja gopal at once and effect a reconciliation between him and husain in pursuance of this object sangatia who knew that bim chand and kripal were on husain's side took an oath from them that if he could succeed in bringing gopal to them for the purpose of arranging peace they would not molest him sangatia then went to gopal and stated all the circumstances he promised gopal that the guru would conduct him to bim chand and kripal who were with husain and again take him back in safety to his fort 
sangatia added that if hussein did not agree to peace but accepted the fate of battle gopal should by the guru's favour be victorious when gopal reached the allied chiefs bim chand told him that if he paid the tribute demanded all would be well gopal still refused to pay the money and said hussein might do as he pleased upon this kripal plotted with bim chand to arrest him and make him over to hussein gopal who heard their intention contrived to elude them and having retired to the protection of his army sent a message of defiance to his enemies on one side were ranged hussein raja bim chand of bilaspur and raja kripal of kangra on the other were raja gopal of guler and raja ram singh a powerful chief who was in alliance with him the fight began with indescribable vehemence the guru's envoy sangatia and his seven sikhs were slain hussein having fought with great bravery perished on the battlefield raja kripal of kangra was slain himat and kimat two of hussein's officers were also slain on seeing this bim chand fled with his army gopal then went with large offerings to the guru and thanked him for his support and his prayers for the victory some masands escaped to the neighbouring hills and proclaimed themselves gurus in this they had a twofold object the emperor aurangzeb sent his son muazim afterwards known as bahadur shah into the punjab to collect tribute and the masands feared that they should have to part with their wealth both to the emperor and the guru it does not appear that the emperor's son remained long in the punjab or committed any depredations there he was succeeded by general mirza beg who peremptorily demanded tribute from the hill chiefs they represented that the masands who had settled in their territories were in possession of great wealth of which they had plundered the guru and his sikhs and which they might be called upon to disgorge mirza beg proceeded against them stripped them of all they possessed and subjected them to exquisite tortures any that escaped from him were afterwards punished by four other equally relentless officers who succeeded him a third son jujhar singh was now born to the guru on sunday the first day of the second half of the month of magh sambat seventeen fifty three a d sixteen ninety seven this was his wife jito's second son among those who went to the guru to congratulate him on the birth of his son were many bards sanyasis udasis and bairagis who had often listened to the guru's conversation at that time too came a bard called kuwar son of a famous poet called kisho das of bandel khand aurangzeb had tried to convert kuwar forcibly to islam upon which he fled for protection to the guru he presented a very humble metrical petition which the guru was pleased to accept the guru took him into his service on a liberal salary and in a similar way welcomed all bards who came to him for employment the practice of arms was never lost sight of at the guru's court 
even his eldest son ajit singh though now only ten years of age was duly instructed in the use of offensive and defensive weapons the guru used to take zorawar singh in his lap while he watched ajit singh fencing jujhar singh too used to be brought by his nurse to witness the performance and imbibe from infancy a love for martial exercises the guru used often to inform his children of what the country had suffered from the turks so it behooved them to learn how to protect themselves and their sikhs jito in due time gave birth to a third son fatah singh who was born on wednesday the eleventh day of phagan sambat seventeen fifty five a d sixteen ninety nine this was the guru's fourth son in all End of chapter seven